0: I find as a former history teacher and still teaching history right now, actually, I used to just, my head would pop off. I would do one or two lessons to figure out why we're saying BCE and the kids, they would all look at me like literally, like I lost my mind. Dude, it's not that important. That's what they always say. But I think it's not that important because the common era is alive and well, you see, there is no meaning. Hello and welcome to Why Are We Talking About Rabbits? It's a podcast aimed at folks who, I don't know, like all of us pretty much right now, feel a deep sense of dislocation. On this pod, we talk about heavy things lightly. We'll use theology, history, philosophy, years of deeply immersive experiences in foreign cultures, including people who have done those deeply immersive things, like Riley today, who's on one of our co-producers and an FTF guy. We're gonna go with Riley beyond rhetorical rabbits. We're gonna discuss timelines today and the notion of time itself from an old world and new world perspective. This is, why are we talking about rabbits? And this is episode 32. What's the common era anyway? What's up Riley?
1: Hey John, how's it going?
0: Riley is a kind of, I would call him a um, FTF vet. He's going to be with us from time to time on podcasts. Rylito, where are you right now?
1: I'm currently in uh, FTF HQ in North Carolina, Banner Elk. I know, man.
0: You're up in the cold mountains.
1: Yeah. yeah and it's you and cold. I are
0: going to investigate time today.
1: I'm excited. We're going to take some time.
0: Tell us what you do at this current moment in time as a professional.
1: Uh, so right now, I am working for a disaster relief organization uh, called GER3, uh, and essentially we are we we have a presence in the Bahamas and uh, in Honduras after hurricanes Eta and Iota, and uh, basically just just help with reconstruction efforts, helping folks out there after after big disasters come through.
0: And this is like a year and a half after leaving uh, First Stinks and, and heading out into the world after two years in Guatemala?
1: Uh, yeah, this is maybe coming up on three years, uh, three years after graduation. Yeah. Really? Yeah. So you're like, are you like 50
0: like me now? How old are you?
1: I think so, man. I think so. Did you like super age? It's coming along. I don't
0: I, think you look super aged
1: thanks man I appreciate that you don't either like to be honest you you are a young what are you fifty one it's yeah
0: it's like that now fifty three
1: <laughs> it's close it's close yeah man I am Dude.
0: older than Seth Uncle Seth, who is coming back <laughs> on the show we don't get as many downloads when Seth comes on, but we get better downloads <laughs> <laughs> they super quality <laughs> downloads.
1: High quality downloads.
0: <laughs> Dude, we're going to try something a little different, but it's going to happen because this is what the pod is. We're going to talk about the new world and the old world, old worlds, and you're going to help us with the old world and the new world because you're both. Cool. Trying to find your way through both. So we're going to talk about timelines because, you know, you and I spent a lot of time on top of roof, roofs, 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 roofs. In various countries, yeah. including Guatemala, watching volcanoes go off in the middle of the night, trying to figure out what life is, and one of the things that pops up is time. Right? It's weird. Think about time. If you think about time, inevitably you start think of aging, right? And movement, like a passing or a thing that is going forward, and something that you're caught up in. Do you feel that kind of time, Riley? Is, is that accurate to you as a definition?
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah, I definitely think of it like that. So as a history guy, um, when you start to look at events in time and you start to think of time as moving forward, you immediately think of a timeline, like a line of events that happen in time. So this podcast is about this movement that we call time, and in particular, the way we see ourselves in time, both personally and as a culture. So historical timeline is necessary. And that notion demands that we also talk about the word zero. You'll see why, Riley. So a fun fact to start. The word calendar, which of course is a type of timekeeper, right? It's a grid that shows us what is coming and what is past. Well, that word calendar comes from the Latin word calare, which is the word that means to proclaim. Now, what does that have to do with time? I don't want to take a guess, Railito?
1: I mean, the only thing that I can think of is between our zero year and time is that that's basically marks the time of Christ.
0: Ah. So these cats were actually a little pre Christ that came up with this calare, with this proclamation. So it happens in the world before 46. A.D., before Julius Caesar comes along, the Roman Republic is using this notion of proclamation, calare to explain time. And here, here, here's how it worked. In 46 B.C., okay, that's before Christ, but that's also a time marker. We're going to get into that. It's important to understand how B.C. and A.C. work. But anyway, before Julius Caesar, a priest of the temple would come into the court and meet the Caesar and pronounce something like, the moon is full, I proclaim the new moon, right? And in so doing, he would mark the beginning of the new month. So for most people in most cultures in human history, time and the calendar are connected to the moon and the sun and the cycles of each. In fact, in China, yin and yang are the very essence of things lunar and solar. In fact, they mean lunar, solar, yin, yang. Their calendar, the Chinese calendar, integrates these two essences and is referred to as the yin, yang, li, or the lunar solar calendar. Dark and light, yin and yang. That's time. And of course, that is how we keep it in the West too. We call night, night because the moon is up. It's dark out on some level. We call day, day because the sun is up. But this really simple notion of a time cycle and as a type of unified dyad doesn't do much to help us understand a timeline in history or what the Mayans in their timeline call the long count. So let's keep going. Let me just work out of this idea. So how do cultures, like our culture, right, Lito? or the Mayan culture in Guatemala, how do they understand themselves in time, looking back through all the suns and the moons, the suns and the moons, right? So the sun and the moon is a short cycle of time. And over time you get 30 suns and moons a month, and then you get 365 suns and moons. And so basically once you establish day and night as a way to mark time, how do cultures look back into time and make sense of suns and moons over and over again? How do Americans understand this? Forget Americans even, just how does a person like me or you, Riley, how do we see ourselves in time? And if I say 2021, 2021, that's a timestamp that I'm making you deal with. You're Riley 2021. So now you're like, I thought I was just Riley. No, you're Riley two twenty one. Now you got to go. What is that thing to you? So does it matter what, number you live in if that's that's one way to say it i like does it matter what number you live in because right now in in islam it's not 2021 in saudi arabia the baha'i people right now it's 178 does it matter so that's what we're going to talk about but to talk about it you have to investigate the zero the idea of the zero i I think we have to figure out what a zero is and what it had to do with the timeline. And then as a culture, we have to investigate our own zero. Your zero, Riley, it super matters. The place you start counting from, it matters. Mm. The place that divides mm-hmm. matters. The, the thing that stands like a flag, you place it. Right, right. Like it
1: matters. Because we're not going from like the formation of the universe. Like that's not how we're counting time.
0: Oh, that's a great question. Because the Mayans do do that. That's their zero. So we gotta figure out what our zero is because if we don't figure out what our zero is, we can't really figure out time. At least not in a meaningful way, not in a symbolic way, not in a way, and symbolic here means not in an actual reality way. So let's just do zero for a second. And zero in mathematics is weird, right? The ancient Greeks, most of them, not not all of them, but most, they didn't like the word zero. They didn't use it. They didn't really have a zero because, and this is really interesting. Because as rational philosophers, now I'm talking about Plato and and Aristotle. What they didn't like is trying to say, I have nothing. Because the idea negates the having. The verb is useless. You can't have nothing. And so rationally, they couldn't really make sense of that. Well, they didn't want to make sense of it. They said it was nonsensical. Right? It was not an idea that captivated the ancient pre-rationalist rationalists. But other cultures did use the zero, pretty much all the other cultures. By around 1700 BC, that's like 4,000 years ago. Now, again, I'm using BC there. I could say BCE. It's important. Like 4,000 years ago, the Egyptians had a symbol for zero in their text. The symbol for zero meant the beautiful. It was interesting. It went like right, 2, 3, one, zero, or two, three one, beauty. Babylonian those cats they had they had pretty sophisticated mathematical notion of zero and what they called it it, for lack of a better word was beyond value it marked it was marked by an intentional space in the writing so you'd be writing like Riley is a blank happy person like an infinitely happy person so it was marked by an intentional space an intentional emptiness was right there in their writing, which had something to do with beyond value. The Chinese, 3,000 years ago or so, they used an empty circle, right? The zero, that's what we know, but they used it to represent the word cosmos or star. And sometimes it was translated, which I find super interesting, as full stop. So if you saw the zero in Chinese writing, full stop, it meant stop, which is super interesting. And then Ptolemy, one of those Greeks, one of the ones who kind of was interested in the concept of zero. Well, he used it to describe something in, in astronomy. That's now watch this. He used it to describe the the concept of zero as the moment when the moon and the sun in a lunar eclipse or a solar eclipse, when they crossed over each other. So zero lasted as long as the first edge of the moon touched the sun and it it was zero 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 until they were free of each other again. So the zero was when when time stood still, and the sun and the moon were blocking one or the other out. For Ptolemy, that was the zero. Ethiopian culture, ancient culture, used zero to mark the first Easter Pascha after Christianity was made legal by Constantine. They marked the year three eleven in Gies with a symbol known as the nothing. The infinite. Cause see the two ideas go together. That word is now translated out of the Ethiopian and Gees as the symbol zero. So it was mm. a- attached to the first Easter. So what's going on here? What do you think's going on? It's not like a ga- It's not like a game. You don't have to know what's going on. I'm gonna keep going. But <laughs> if you look at these examples, Ralito, the zero is like dwelling in the place. Of the inexplicable.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like you think about math too, when you divide by zero, it's, it's an impossibility. Like you can't do it.
0: Right. It's, it's nonsensical, but don't hear dumb there or stupid because it may be that making sense of something is not what you're supposed to do. It's the point of mystery, Like, literally, it's a point in time where mystery dwells, where the mind cannot operate. Here, the rational mind is what we're talking about. It's where the words get less useful, right? In many ways, it's where all things are whole. And that's where the word holiness comes from. It's where all things are unified into one, beginning and end together, alpha omega together, tall, short together, right? Hate, love. Everything gets united. It's very easy to understand in the East. In the West, we have a harder time. So zero means weirdly and paradoxically wholeness, but it's true. And on a timeline, the zero becomes a sacred space. And that's why every culture has a zero. Every timeline that is used to mark history has a zero. The zero is the fundamental divine principle, the organizing cultural reality. It's the truth of any particular culture. The zero is the why. This is really cool. If you think about this and everything after the zero is the how. So the zero on the timeline is why you exist. The numbers after it are how you exist. Right. Zero is meaning how you calculate after the zero how you get along in life, those are the calculations that we think of as calendry. That's actually a word. Calendry is the science of time, right? And so if you think about it in one way, once you decide you want to drive down the road, once you make a decision that driving to my mother's is good, then you can do the science of how to get there. That's why different cultures have mm-hmm. different days of length, length of days.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Different cultures have different cycles. We'll talk about some of them in a minute. Each culture cycles out differently using different science, but once they all do one thing together, they figure out the truth or the mystical zero, right? How many days in a month after the zero, how many months in a year after the zero, how many hours in a day after the zero, once you have the zero, the mystical zero, you can start to do the science, but science cannot give you the mystical zero. Hmm. It's impossible. I think, at least according to this pod, but really to history. I'll, I'll show you some more. So let's look at some zeros. You want to?
1: Yeah, let's do it.
0: Let's look at some old world zeros. And you and I are going to talk about this, but I want to get through some of the guts of this. So here's some zeros. Here's the Hebrew tradition. According to the Hebrew calendar, year zero was the mystical moment during which creation burst forth. That's a zero. How long ago was that? 5,781 years ago, which is super cool. (laughs) And guess when that calendar, guess when that zero, that formal way of counting time was established? Well, about 800 years ago. Wait a minute. So the 5,781 was established 800 years ago like wait a minute yes a philosopher named Ma- Maimonides he laid out the holy zero on a timeline and said see here it is it's 5781 years ago that's the zero that's why for for orthodox jews right now it's not the year it wouldn't make any sense to be 2021 2021 it's not it's 5781 because of their zero. The Hindus, or at least India, this one's confusing. Super cool though. Until 1957, there were more than 30 calendars operating with different holy zeros across India. 30 calendars. Each of the 30 calendars were used to mark mystical holidays. Many different ones, even in the Hindu tradition, but also the Buddhists in the country, the Jainists, they all had a different mystical zero. You'll see a ton of this in history. In fact, looking at calendars, you start to realize that really the only point of them is really to mark holy days. Days of wholeness. It's pretty wild. Mm -hmm. But anyway, in 1957, a national group of new world astronomer types held a giant calendar reform symposium in India. And they aimed at uniting modern India under one calendar, under one zero And they use the Gregorian calendar, the one we use in America today, the one that's kind of based on a proper or an accurate scientific understanding. They use the Gregorian calendar to to unite the 30 groups in India under one calendar. Right. So by 1957, you had a sort of unified India, but that corresponds with the revolution in India, which split India after the, uh, British, after the British colonial period into India and Pakistan. So the Indians had to decide who they were, and that meant immediately going to their calendar. Before, here's an example of, of one of the calendars. It was called the Vikramri calendar, named after a King of Vikram. And according to custom, and now here's what's really important, custom. When you hear custom in the West, it starts to get close to myth. It starts to get close to unreal. But according to custom, the Vikram calendar was created after King Vikram defeated the Sakas. That's an ethnic rival group in India. So what he did is used his calendar to mark the holy zero. If we were still on that calendar in India right now, the year would be 2077. That's what it is for people. He'll still use the Vikram calendar, but most in India don't anymore. What about the Mayans? Today is 1,874,961 days since the creation of the world, the Mayan calendar, right? And awesome. what marks the zero? What happened 1,874,961 days ago? Human beings were created sort of out of the belly of a jaguar. That part we, <laughs> we can talk about. It's, it's interesting. But that was a long time ago. So what's their zero? The creation of humanity. But here's something really cool about the Mayan calendar. They have like three zeros because their zeros, their world takes place through a cycle of creation and destruction, creation and destruction. And that's why people were freaking out like 10 years ago when they thought the Mayan calendar had predicted the end of the world. But it now may be understood that there was a changing of the guard. It wasn't a, a, crea- a destruction of the world. It might've been a destruction of an, a certain idea, the idea Mm -hmm. being modernity. But anyway, 2012 is one of the times when the calendar resets. But in each case, it's a recreation of a human reality. So they have three zeros. But still, the zero marks the beginning of something new in the history of mankind. And in this case, it's the human being. What about Muslims? This one's, they, there's a straightforward. They don't even use a solar calendar. There's is purely lunar. And so it's just marked by the rise and fall of the moon, which means it moves around. It, it, it doesn't correspond to spring and summer, winter, fall. It only corresponds with the religious holidays. There's no yin and yang in the Muslim calendar. That's why it moves around. And so that's also why you see the Muslim symbol as the crescent moon, which is telling you proclaiming the becoming of the new month. So what's the zero on the Muslim lunar timeline? Well, we're in the year 622 because 623 years ago, year zero, Muhammad and his followers were saved from destruction when they made a holy trip from Mecca to Yathrib, which is now Medina. So that that trip saved Islam and the believers in Muhammad's uh, distinct prophecy. And that's known as year zero, also known as the Hajj, the Hijra. So it's their mystical zero. It's the mark on the timeline used to create meaning. So if it's meaningful to you, the story I just told you, you're probably calling yourself a Muslim. Want to do Baha'i in two seconds? It's the year 178. In the Baha'i, if I say it right, 178, Riley, um, what we would call 1844 is when the Bab started to teach. When he started to teach, that became their mystical zero. And that brings us to Christianity. There's a lot of other calendars we could talk about, but I want to talk about Christianity because it's super relevant and it's also a super mess. So today, many of us live in what we call 2021, 2021. If you say 2021 AD, you're probably, you, you are using the Latin term Anno Domini, which means in the year of our Lord, which is fine. Before this podcast, Riley, would you have said AD? No. Seriously, what would you have said?
1: Wait, what do you mean before this podcast?
0: Before, like 15 minutes ago, if I said, what year is it?
1: You just say 2021.
0: 2021 what?
1: Uh, yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I would say, yeah, you would say AD. People know that phrase for sure.
0: Would it matter?
1: Yeah, they don't go much deeper than that. They go, okay, what's... And then you go back to the zero, like you said. You have to go back to the reason why you're counting what you're counting from.
0: What would you have said it was?
1: Uh, so to be honest, I don't. It, I don't know. Is zero is zero birth of Christ.
0: Right. We're going to get to that, but I'm just interesting in like, I don't know. I don't think people think about it. Right.
1: No one thinks about it. No, it's, it's a number that people used to mark a year, but they don't, they don't think about their zero.
0: Right. Well, let's keep going. Cause I think that might be part of the problem, but maybe there's not a problem. Maybe we all operate. Without outside of time in that way, it's possible. That's another mystical concept. But if you say AD, you're using a term, which in historical circles, like try using the word, the term AD, if you go teach at Columbia University, just watch what happens to you. We'll get to that. But when you say AD, that's your mystical zero. It's important to you. Or it might not be important to you, but when you tack it on, it has meaning. And A.D. means in the year of our Lord. And the Lord, in that case, is Jesus Christ. Most of us know this, but how did we get A.D.? So, hmm, the actual term seems to come from a guy named Dionysius Exegus, right? He was a monk in the 500s. And he starts using A.D., uh, Anno Domini, uh, around, and it's weird, right, 525, which is 525 years after the zero event, which was, as he puts it, 525 years since, quote, the incarnation of our Lord Jesus Christ. So 525 years after the event zero for Dionysus, he is calling Christmas zero, but he's doing it 500 years later. So for a lot of people, they hear, wait a minute, he did that 525 years later. That means they probably don't even know if there was a Jesus. Mm-hmm. The science of it is already undermined in most people's minds. But what they are already doing and they don't know it is they've already created their own zero. We'll get to that. But for Dionysius, his zero is very clear. And so he starts to date things from the birth of Christ. His main reason for doing this is is kind of interesting. He was trying to integrate and unify the newly minted Christian world around one event. He was trying to unify. And that one event was Easter. What some Christians, Orthodox Christians called Pascha. He was trying to unify East and West, all Christians everywhere around pasca the resurrection of christ not the birth but by starting with christ's birth he could get all the christians on one page by the time the springtime miracle of resurrection was to be remembered remembered here means remembered again put back together as it already is so to do this mystical thing called Pascha, he started the timeline at the mystical thing called christmas so the other reason he was redoing the calendar there is because, zero, because the zero he was working with at the time was actually the zero created by Diocletian. And Diocletian was a dude who killed thousands and thousands of Christians. So changing the zero was the same as the changing the why. Why are we around? It's not because of Diocletian. We're around because of Christ. Hence, you get A, D, and B, C. People after Dionysius, Christians, especially a monk named Bede, they popularize the notion and start using AD B.C. But it's not until the 800s that everybody even knows what that means. So you have 800 years of, quote, Christian history where AD and BC are kind of not even a thing.
1: So up until then, John, are they just like before Dionysius are they just using markers from Diocletian like your markers yeah so whatever number he was his zero was at they were using that okay. yeah and he
0: was using he was using kind of using some of what Julius Caesar was using the Julian calendar so they're not too far apart but they're apart and one of the things that All these calendar makers, these calendar scientists are doing, whether it's old world or new world, is they're all trying to rectify the differences. Right now, they're not trying to rectify the difference between the Hindu Vikram calendar and the Christian calendar. But where Christians are or quasi Christians or like sort of Roman pagan half Christians, where all these mix of people are, the authorities are trying to unify them because that's what culture is. Right. That's how you know even who belongs to yours culture is because you have something in common, the cult. So let's just do this. By 800, you have a Europe marking history time with AD and BC, and now enter stage right, the terms BCE and CE. So enter the new world timekeepers. And as most of you know, If you use AD and BC, if you do that in a school setting right now, you're going to get attacked. Somebody's going to attack you if you're a teacher using AD, BC. Someone's going to tell you, probably not a young person, probably an old person. Someone you work with is going to say, yeah, we don't use those terms anymore. And you'll feel kind of odd and a little exiled or something if you use those terms. Because you're trying to go against what is the emerging culture. You're trying to go against what everybody's doing, dude. But where did these things come from? They don't appear in history, BCE and CE, until about, and this is great for the show, about 1650, about at the time the new world is emerging. Just after Columbus, at the time of, I mean, you see. The, the word's being used when folks like Copernicus and Galileo and Newton are coming along and they're creating the first of the new physical sciences. That's the exact same time you see the, wor- the use of the word common era, right? So what you're really seeing is a shift from old world lig, ligament, the idea of religion to new world. And you're seeing people necessarily have to address the timeline. And they do it. The first time it appears is in German in the 1600s. The second time you can see it is in the very early 1700s in the the English writing. And a very new world website right now, you can go to it. It's on our pod notes, Ancient History Encyclopedia. They, quote, right, explain why this is happening.
2: And here's their quote. Quote, Dionysius, the monk I told you about, had no understanding of the concept of zero. And neither did Bede. The calendar they dated events from, therefore, is inaccurate.
0: Now, that's what the historians of this website, Ancient History, that's the reason they're saying for the new dating. Dionysius had no understanding of the concept of zero. But that's weird. Because I think I just spent the last 15 minutes telling you that's exactly the concept he understood. And so what you start to realize real quickly is that The new world timekeepers are trying to go for accuracy. That's the thing here for the new world timekeepers. That's their zero is rational scientific truth, right? At the same time, the new world science is being born. Literally at the same time, you see the first generation rationalist, naturalist hall of famers like Newton and Galileo, right? When you see these cats, you also see this new timeline, but
2: listen, Riley, one more time. What this new world website just told me, quote, Dionysius had no understanding of the concept of zero,
0: which is not true. He had a really super developed concept of zero zero was alpha and omega beginning and end. It's the why of life. It's the meaning of culture. The reason for even creating a calendar, his zero was mystical. And like all of his old world counterparts, he knew there had to be a why. There had to be a spiritual beginning or there couldn't be any kind of end. There had to be the mystical zero or all of the material events that followed had no meaning. They would just be things that happened. But for what reason? His understanding of meaning was so fully developed, so profoundly mystical. His zero was so clear that the New World Calendry scientists, people, it eludes them. Mm-hmm. Because he just kept getting the dates wrong, so it's wrong. And he kept saying, no, the dates are unimportant because you have to start with the zero. Where he placed the zero, he could have started the zero with, with, with Pascha, Easter. He could have started the zero with, with Pentecost. He could not have started the zero with Muhammad. It wouldn't have made sense to him. He could not have started the zero with the moment that the Salamander climbed out of the pond. And it's not because he couldn't find out the year the Salamander climbed out of the pot. It's because he can't use that zero, but that's not meaningful.
1: Yeah. Well, I have a question, John, but maybe this is where you're going. So tell me if to shut yeah,
0: up. No, this is good.
1: But it seems like the new world timekeepers knowing what we know about new world people would be the only person who would not have a zero because they would have no significant event to look back to. There's no necessarily why because there's not a whole lot of meaning. It's just it's just what when material existed, perhaps, would be the why? I don't know.
0: Well, dude, you you anticipated th- so I won't curse, but what the F is common era? <laughs> <laughs> you just, I think that's the answer to your question. What is the common yeah. era? What is that? Right. I mean, how vague and utterly inaccurate is this phrase? Common, right, right. common to what? Common. We're commonly tall. We're all commonly happy. What common what? Common era. You talk about something it- non-scientific.
1: It's like commonly enlightened, like the enlightenment. Well, this is the question, right?
0: Could you choose a more vague term by which to live a series of human events? Right. Hey, you know what happened in 2021 common era? No, I don't. Because I don't even know what you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) It's what I don't like about it is, is for a a type of thinker that are very specific scientific thinkers, this is the most unscientific term you could actually ever come up with. How did we use common? Common to what? And what happened in the year zero in the common era? Why did we start over? Like, why were we cruising along in the before common era? And then we shifted to the common era. I don't, did the moon come up twice in a 24 hour period that did we didn't, and then like, but I, help me, Riley, like, what would, what is it? You're grown, you have a, you're bright. What happened?
1: Yeah, I mean, I would just, it's, it's Christ. It's the existence of Christ, isn't it? Isn't that BCE, BCE? Well,
0: yeah. I mean, in terms of the, the ruler, in terms of the, 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 the tape measure, I don't know what else it would be. There's a lot of stuff happening or, you know, there's other stuff happening at the time of Christ. Like there's Jewish rebellions. There's a million things you could pick that are going on. There's like a guy there's, Hey, how about this one? There's a, I don't think this is the common. I don't think this is it. But at the time there are these group of people called goths who were making their way across Europe. Is that why it's common? I don't know. Hey, the Vikings built a new boat. That's why it's common. (laughs) (laughs) it's and by the word the word word that these new timekeepers chose is so telling there's like a desire for unity in it it's like a rebellion against why are there so many calendars why can't we all be together let's do it common Mm. so the timeline is the proof that we have a crisis of meaning you don't, nobody has to ask the question. It's just obvious. Old world people had an accuracy crisis. I'm cool with that, right? Their timelines may have lacked accuracy. Unless of course, there actually was a God named Christ. And then they had neither a meaning crisis or an accuracy crisis. they actually got it. They nailed it. But if you're a new world person, you could go with well, their calendars off according to something. I don't know what though but it's off according to the moon and the sun. I think that's it, right? It's according to the moon and the sun. But for those old world Christians and Muslims and everybody else, they're like, I don't care about the moon and the sun. What? What? That's not why I'm I'm not here because of the tides, bro. I'm living my life because of this. Zero, mystical zero. Right? So there was, you could argue there was an accuracy problem. Maybe they didn't do all the numbers right. But the modern people have a meaning crisis. Muslims don't have a meaning crisis unless Muhammad's just made up the Baha'i people, the pesky Baha'i people, they don't have a meaning problem. They might have an accuracy problem. I don't know. Maybe they don't do math well, but there's a crisis, man. What is common? So what the West, the West once called the beginning and the end of all things. Now they just call common. And I don't know. That's not very inspiring. Do you feel inspired by that? No. <laughs> Why are you
1: so sad? I'm inspired.
0: Would you rather be on a, would you rather call it like Jaguar day, JD? Would you rather it be 2021 JD, Jaguar day? Like Mayan Jaguar day than 2021 common era? Or do you not care? Be honest.
1: Yeah, I'd rather be anything but common era because it's, so, it's such a common term. Like, it's just terrible, isn't it?
0: I find as a former history teacher and still teaching history right now, actually, I, it used to just my head would pop off. I would do one or two lessons to figure out why we're saying BCE and the kids, they would all look at me like literally like I lost my mind. Dude, it's not that important. That's what they'd always say. Because we, I had good relationships. They'd be like, "Come on, here, is it's not that important." But I think it's not that important because the common era is alive and well. You see, there is no meaning.
1: Well, that's what maybe that's what they're saying is it's not important because it has no importance. There's no import from it.
0: And now here's the question: Is it because it actually there is no meaning, or because we've taught people that there is no meaning? that's freaky. In other words, have we spent 300 years during the new world league revolutions teaching people there's no meaning. Therefore, when they look at the timeline, it makes perfect sense. Oh, of course there's no meaning. That's why I'm happy with common or are they right? And there actually is no meaning and all the other timelines are made up. Mm, That's interesting. So, see, I don't really think modern people making calendars can ever, using the atheistic materialistic mindset, can ever find a zero. It's impossible. just random. But they would argue that's exactly what all the other calendars are, is random. So why not just use one that is common? (laughs) So we could stay on this all day. It gets freaky, right? Let me just quote you one more time. Well, uh, from the from the uh, website. It's a very it's a it's a real history website, but it's you
2: know, it's a new world league website. Listen to this, it's really interesting. The calendar they, they dated events from, they're talking about the, the medieval Christians, is inaccurate. The year 1 AD would follow 1 BC without a starting point. The BC AD system from Dionysius onward was informed by Christian theology, which took for granted that someone actually knew the birth date of Jesus. In order to present a present event from a past event, one must know when the past event occurred. One may say that one is twenty years old only if one knows for certain that one was born twenty years ago on a certain day
0: you feel all the science in there Mm -hmm. so you and i lived in the old world i can tell you i had many conversations with west africans where they go i don't know how old i am
1: yeah yeah
0: like i don't know what my birthday is this would say that you can't that somehow they're not like real or something they would just go i was born when my mother gave birth (laughs) And you go, but yeah. when was that? I must find out. And they would just yeah. go, why must you find out?
1: Yeah. It's so important for Americans to know when your birthday is. It's like, it's a really, it's like, maybe that's our meaning is to know when our birthday is.
0: Dude, that is brilliant. Now we're on to something. That is the zero. The problem is it's 365 million different zeros. The only zero that matters to us is our beginning as an individual. The problem with that is you can't have culture. <laughs> I'm cool with that. But now you've got eight billion different cultures and there's nothing common about that. Almost nothing. It's like the opposite of common. I was born in May. I am someone. Am I sounding like a jerk?
1: No a little bit no that to be honest, that blew my mind what you just said, like it all just kind of wrapped in into like perfect place right there why like that's in because the birthday thing man that's the that's probably one of the most significant events people have in, in a year right is they celebrate their birthdays, and that is the the huge star, the marker of individualism, isn't it, like you just said that's it's crazy
0: do you think I should? Bury this idea when I talk to people who are in their cool, handsome people like you in their twenties, should we talk about something else?
1: Gosh, no, no, I think that's, I think that's crazy important. The coolest thing to me is that like that. Well, the interesting thing to me is I think that they still understood the idea of having a time marker because they needed some sort of unifying principle, right? They still had to have something, some timeline, some, something, But what's interesting is that they didn't just go 1650, boom, this is the new era because all of us are now enlightened and we're away from those uh, superstitious stories of the past, you know, and now we know science. Like, why wasn't the birth of science the point of the birthplace of the zero for them, like the meaning?
0: That's a good question. You know, one thing that does happen in, in, in history Is the Christians in the middle ages do definitely make really intentional decisions to overthrow things. The French in 1792 made an intentional decision to start a brand new calendar. I didn't even bring the French up. I could have gone on and on about Mm. their calendar. Like they actually redid the clock, everything like they renamed all the numbers. Yeah. Like Mm -hmm. they were trying to redo time, redo Mm -hmm. the zero. Um, we do do that. I think my argument is, is that's good. It's what happens when you believe something,
1: Mm
0: -hmm. right? You, what happens when you believe something is, is you, you implement it in your life. The question is, is, is what you're implementing like a good thing? So when I think of the scientists, the new worlders, when I think of this it's really a group of like you know it's elite educated people 16 1700s they're doing something what they're saying is is the old world is dumb it's superstitious it's not built on a a positive claim it's built on a negative claim about hell and stuff let's build it on a positive utopian claim right let's let's do a new world mm-hmm. that makes perfect sense to me mm-hmm. Of course, you should plant a flag. There's been a revolution. But what's the zero? That's <laughs> so I'm trying to figure out. Still. Yeah. Yeah. Just could you just do a good zero? And there's one coming, right, Lito? There's, there's a new zero coming. The scientists can't offer it, they're not in that biz. But the new thinking m- demands a new God, a new zero. It's coming, it has to come. It's the way human beings live. They make meaning. I got a question for you.
1: Mm-hmm. Let's
0: say you get a wife or a girlfriend. Okay. You're okay. single currently, right? I am. Would you want to have this conversation with them?
1: It's a good question. Me personally, Riley, absolutely. Yeah, but and the other question is, is do you think that like some people just understand this intuitively, like the person that you're talking about in the old world, they just get it. But me as, as, as dumb Riley, I like these conversations and I need them spelled out for me.
0: I don't know, man. It seems maybe we all need them. Yeah, you're right though. There's an intuition where people don't need all these dates and stuff. They kind of get it right.
1: The meaning people do. Yeah.
0: I think what happens is is people get scared of this, bro. Wait a minute. So I have a zero. I really care about my zero, but he has a zero too. Now what am I going to do? Oh no, we're going to zero fight it out. And I think so. uh, These people I know, they don't want to fight it out. Like it's not that important. I love you, man. I love you too. Let's all Mm. just, let's not have zeros. Let's have a nice time together. I never understood why having a strong zero makes you less likely, I guess because people kill people when they have a strong zero, but I think people with weak zeros kill each other too. Don't Mm. they? I don't know. Do you know people with weak zeros?
1: Uh, Yes. You do? Yeah.
0: Without clearly defined zeros. You know those cats?
1: Yeah. It's like the majority of everyone that I know.
0: Do they want to kill each other? No,
1: <laughs> they don't want to kill each other. You can still be a good person without a zero, but you don't understand your time and place and significance in the whole like unfolding fabric of reality. Mm. You just are a person who like is nice to people, and you can still do that. But there's there's just a shallowness to it. I don't I don't I don't know. I just don't think there's depth. But that's interesting, man. But here, what I'll. What I'll just say just real quick is the fact that you said all those other zeros. I'm also an Orthodox Christian. When you said all those other zeros, that blew my mind. It like made me enjoy those cultures more because they had those significances behind them. You know, when you're talking about the Chinese zero and you know the Bakai zero and all this stuff, it's like, that's so cool to me.
0: Right? But- me too. Me too. It doesn't feel dangerous. It doesn't feel threatening.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly here john can i ask this and we we could be done whatever but here's my question is when you talked about the the new god that's coming the new zero yeah can you say can you have like two seconds on that like what do you mean like what's the new zero
0: well i think i don't know about this you know this isn't like knowledge like the way you know about you know microphones or something but in history, when you see the angles, what you realize is is something pulling apart because of human nature. Because your nature, Riley, is both disintegrating and being integrated at the same time. You're being integrated with culture, integrated with wives, integrated, but you're also disintegrating. You're moving toward death. So you're, there's a lot of stuff happening at the same time, right? There's always two things happening in anything that's true, in my humble opinion, and so. Th- People are coming apart right now. Uh, this is what this podcast was about, is meaning is coming apart, but it will come back together. Now, don't get me wrong. It might not come to back together in an authentic way. It might not come back together in a healthy way, but people will come. That's what happened in, in, in Nazi Germany. The whole world was coming apart, not just because of World War I, but the whole new world idea was starting to integrate and infiltrate all of the old world Germany. And what was happening was the modern world was in people's minds. Does that make any sense? It was, it, it was, it was, it was becoming what they thought. And so World War One, it exasper, exacerbated the problems already present in people's minds or their souls. Hmm. And so after World War One, there was not just the destruction of physical reality in Germany, there was also a breakdown of meaning. Hmm. And then came someone telling them about deep, profound meaning, ground in racial, or really the better way to say it is ground in eugenics and a really mystical understanding of German Teutonic history. Like, bum, bum, bum. And this guy united after disuniting, after a disunited period, after a disintegrated period. He reunited and united people under a meaningful way of life. And you can say whatever you want about Nazis. They were good at creating the narrative of unity. Boy, were they good at it. Mm. And so, as we break down, we know somebody's going to offer, not somebody maybe, but some group of people are going to offer meaning. And Christianity is not going to be the thing. It's, people aren't trustworthy right. of it right, right now. Right. The, I should say Protestant Christianity. It's, it, it's been eclipsed. So what are they going to offer? So what I mean by the new god is the new good and I'm it's likely going to be some event.
1: Yeah. Which could mark a new timeline maybe. Like if it's big enough. Yeah. That's crazy.
0: Yeah, that's what the French thought in 1790 when they overthrew when when the French had the revolution. They thought this is it. Right? Our ability to bring together all these disparate poor people in one place and and, and write this new constitution. It's a demo. It's we're demonstrating zero. It's happening to us right now. They had, they rebuilt inside of Notre Dame and created this nutty mountain with at the top was the the goddess of what was was her name? Um, The goddess of Liberty, I think, but she had, she represented the new zero our American constitution is the same, it's exactly the same thing. The constitution is this really cool or uncool, depending on how you look at it, unity of two things into one, federal power, king, state power, people. Somehow they're both working at the same time. Whoa, you have the big government and the little government working together at the same time. What? How does that happen? Our Constitution's like the magical zero. Mm. If you're into politics. It starts something new. It, it's not a perfect explanation, but something's coming because that's the way people do life. Right. And, right. and if we agree that it's disintegrating on some point apart, in some way right now, it's going to re- be reintegrated. I don't know what it looks like. Christianity is the same thing. I just believe it's transcendently true. It's not just like another one of the disintegrations and reintegrations, it's not just another one of them. Right. Christianity is the one. The ultimate disintegration of man is totally 100% reintegrated in Christ. And then we all live that way with potential for eternal life. So,
1: if you don't like my story, sorry. You don't have to do that. It was just a light, you know, just casual, casual finishing sentence.
0: (laughs) But that's just, I'm on, like Dostoevsky said, he goes, okay, let's just say it's all wrong. I'm still doing it because it, the infinite beauty of it has touched my heart. I don't really right, care what you right. say. Like, and,
1: Yeah. Even if it is wrong, like it just still kind of just works out in for you in your life, in your heart. Like it just, it just goes well. So it doesn't matter.
0: <laughs> that's what the Baha'i are saying. Right. Right. That's what people who follow Muhammad. Are, I mean, that's what they're doing. But right. it doesn't follow then that there's no truth. Just because everybody's trying to put meaning together doesn't mean oh there must not be truth.
1: Right? Everybody, everybody's right.
0: grappling and trying to figure out life, oh there probably isn't any meaning to it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like if there are so many interpretations that that means that there is no good interpretation at all. Why? Yeah. Like just
0: step back. That does not follow. It might make more sense that with all of human beings constantly groping for meaning, there probably is something that's leading us that way. I mean, but you couldn't be the only one that has it. No, no, there's all kinds of variations on it, but there might actually be an explanation. Yeah. But modern, the modern league throws it all out. That's why we have a common era. What is that? Hate it. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> just often set at the KP table in the georgian republic that's our pod for today thanks for coming along Railito. hope you guys yes, have enjoyed them. that it got a little lengthy and lovingly long let's do that did some l's watar is produced by andrew shork daniel paternos Riley is deeply involved as well, and we'll hear back from him. This pod's brought to you by the creators of First Things Foundation. That's our nonprofit. We go and live and work in some of the world's toughest neighborhoods, immersing there and listening so that we can help others help themselves. We work for their vision of a better life. Share Watar, please do that. Solid re- give us solid reviews on iTunes, and your love helps us go and love others. Rileito, you went to Guatemala. Thanks, man, for your service these to you. Hasta What do you say in, 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 in Guatemala? Yeah.
1: Hasta pronto. Hasta luego.
0: Hasta pronto. You, you learned Spanish there. Do you remember quiche for goodbye or hello? I think it's uh, the same,
1: isn't it? Maltios, I think, is. Uh, Maltios. Yeah, I think that's thank you. Sorry.
0: Well, that counts for something. Okay. <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> well, that's. Quiche is the language of the Mayan. Kambufo, that's the language of the Bambara in west africa au revoir peace out